Welcome to the Future Hero Podcast. My name is Baxter. This podcast is an offering from my crazy brain to other people that might be like me and might need some encouragement from someone like them to help them get through this crazy world. The podcasts are filled with music. I could use more of it. I kind of see this thing as a collaboration between myself and other artists that want to get their music out there or who are generous enough just to share music that's already out there with me. If you'd like to share your music, I would really appreciate it. You can reach me through SoundCloud or you can email me directly at Baxter at futureheropodcast.com. Thank you. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about the single biggest annual event of my life, Burning Man. I have been to Burning Man 10 years. These are my credentials, I guess you should know. I've been to Burning Man 10 years. I have camped in a tent, an RV, in a yurt. I attended Burning Man first in 2004, and then I skipped five. And then in 06, I was invited back to be a part of a hula hoop documentary. This is back when Burning Man was the mecca of the hoop world, at least as far as a single event. And I got a chance to go back, and I stayed in an RV, and... Uh, well, I just saw Burning Man in a whole new light, and it became a life-changing event for me. So every year about this time, I get several friends who are going for the first time, and they ask me, Bax, do you have any advice? And so I thought, now that the community has bought me this microphone, and now that I have a few musicians that will let me use their music, maybe I should just put this down in a podcast form, and then maybe you can listen to it if you're headed out or it's your first couple of years. You just want to get the mood on or whatever. But know that everything I'm saying is just my own opinion. And I'm, there are burners with as much or more experience that might have a completely different take than myself. But like everything else with this podcast, this is just my take meant to connect to my people. So here we go. Episode 12, The Burning Man Edition. Welcome to the Future Hero Podcast. My name is Baxter. Thank you for pressing play. I come in peace and with a joy in my heart because the subject I'm about to talk about just sparkles me up inside. The first festival that I ever went to, ever, was Burning Man. If you're not familiar, and I can't believe you're not, but Burning Man is a giant party out in the middle of Nevada, 
Oh yeah, and I learned how to say Nevada by going to it. Then out in the desert of Nevada, a bunch of cool people got together and organized what at first was a party and now has turned into a city. And I don't know the exact numbers, but it's for that week, it's one of the largest cities in Nevada. And it really is a sort of rapid community that's rapidly gathered, at least for the attendees, and then rapidly abandoned, at least for the attendees. And if you've got a ticket this year, and if you are going, you are lucky. (laughs) And you, if you believe in this sort of thing, are blessed with that ticket. And if you're the sort of fateful sort, then fate has dropped that ticket in your hand, and it's up to you to go cash that ticket. This is, I've put together kind of a mix of music to get you through your packing or wherever you're going. The line to get in. This is Subaqueous. Song's called A Moment, A Myth. Usually these podcasts are a combination of me just flowing and some notes that I've got written down. And for these, this Burning Man one, I just want to make sure that we're all clear and cool with each other. There's no way that I could do a complete guide for every single thing that could come up in Burning Man or give you all the information you need to prepare. Luckily, Burning Man has done a lot of that for you. If you are the sort that likes to wing it, check yourself. (laughs) Trust me. Preparation can make a huge difference in the kind of experience you have, especially on your first burn. It is so much better to go over-prepared than under-prepared. So you should go to the Burning Man website and read the survival guide. Read the first-timer guide. Read it. Read everything. Read the ten principles. Prepare yourself. Not just, not just what you take in your bag, but what you've got in your head. Because this Burning Man is a community, and that's what a lot of first-timers don't understand. You're not going to a festival so much as you're stepping into a city. And although it's rapidly built every year, it has been built energetically over time, and you're stepping into that vibe. And like any good city, if you don't want to look like a tourist, if you don't want to stand out as far as uh, rudeness, then it's a good thing to know about the culture before you even go into it. And what a fun culture to learn about. I grew up a visual artist. My parents put me in art classes. I did all the things. I went to university and majored in art. And when I go out to Burning Man, 
I have never in my life been around so many creative people. It is like, not to overuse the word, it is like the Mecca where everyone you meet, maybe because of how open they are or how free they feel or whatever, but you can feel the energy of creativity and it is... Its universality really shows up because of all the different forms that it blooms in in Burning Man. Like you, you, you keep seeing the next most creative thing, and it's it's not even a competition because it's like the blooming of this creative flower is so unique and beautiful to its own that it can't be compared to the other beautiful and unique flower of creativity that's blooming right beside it. And all the art, is, it's not all the same. It's, it's not all psychedelic, although there's beautiful psychedelic. It's not all harsh, although there's almost uh, pieces that are sublimely harsh. But it's all there, and it's all in the right frame of mind, a celebration of creativity. I think it's one of the reasons that everybody loves to dress up at Burning Man. And if you're going to Burning Man... Not to get picky about words, but just to make sure that you understand. the co- It's not a costume contest at Burning Man. This isn't seven days of Halloween. Like, you don't go as a hobo or a disco guy and walk around Burning Man. I mean, I, you can if that's your jam. But when people dress up, they're... It's, it's like they're stepping into the city of Burning Man. Like, they're becoming a citizen of Burning Man. And they step into that role. And then they, like we all do in regular society, they look for how does their energy flower in the role of citizen of Burning Man. And so when you go and people say, just go as your freest self, they're not saying you should go buy a Frankenstein costume and walk around. They're saying, like, what if it was cool to be as funky as you wanted to be? Now, not all of us are gifted that way, and yours truly is not. So maybe I'm talking to my fellow dork burners out there. (laughs) I feel like I'm a very artistic dude, but I just don't uh, feel it with fashion so much. So like when I'm told I can wear whatever I want to, I still don't know what the hell to wear. (laughs) So if you're a dork like me, what I figured out is get a cool hat and a couple of cool accessories because you're not going to wear your shirt during the day mostly anyway and I feel like if you have at least a cool hat that you can still rock your cargo shorts or whatever you feel comfortable in and people won't think you're a cop (laughs) oh this is nice so this is Moonfrog we featured a bunch here and Pneumatic uh, which is this awesome soul that lives in Asheville I think right now he does awesome music totally check him out
One thing about the city of Burning Man that I think I should say before I move on is that this, it is a gift economy. It's not even a barter economy. And the only thing that is for sale at Burning Man, the only thing, are items from the coffee shop, which are just coffee and, like, electrolyte juice or whatever. And then ice, because those are, at least for most human beings, those are two essentials. But nothing else is available for sale. So that's why preparation is so key. And unlike a lot of festivals, this guy runs seven days. So you've got to show up prepared. And so you need to do your homework, read the guide, and show up prepared. Because as a 10-year veteran of Burning Man, it's not my job to protect Burning Man, but just to protect you, my friend, that Burning Man is not the place to go and mooch off everybody. It's a place to go and find your self-reliance to realize what you need to go get that thing and then walk it. Walk it right up to the proverbial gate of Burning Man. Now that's one of my favorite parts. I love the gate at Burning Man because what's going to happen is you're going to go down this long road. You should definitely get gas if you're going with a first-timer. You guys should gas up as much as you can. You do not want to hit this road with half a tank and then try to think that you're going to get in and out of Burning Man. But you're going to get prepped up. You're going to get on this little road. You're going to get in, and it's going to wind off the highway, and you're going to get psyched. Because you're, you're going to see all these RVs and all these people in cars and all these cool-looking people. People will be walking around already. And you're going to inch through this Line And it might take three or four or five or six. I was in line 17 hours when it rained once, so tell me about it. And you're going to get up eventually. They're going to check your tickets, and then you're going to get up to the gate. And on the other side, you're just going to see the big expanse of a city set up for you to have fun in. And you're going to inch in, and your heart's probably going to be humble. And here's my advice. I think that you should just look up to the sky, palms up, and say, Playa, that's what we call the, the surface, Playa, I am your humble student. And I am here to learn whatever you have to teach me, whatever it is. Painful, good, whatever. I am an open student. You can wink and wish for a pleasurable lesson. And then you're going to hit the gas. And you're going to drive through the gate. And it's on. Haha, welcome to Burning Man. Now, the first thing you need to know is you need to be cool. You need to be cool. There are, it's an awesome city, but there is a heavy duty cop presence there. And unfortunately, not to sound like a total Quaker here, but they hunt you out there. They're not exactly there to protect. They might be in other cities. I think more times than not, unfortunately, they are there to hunt. No, they're hunting 
basically people that lose their shit and do stupid shit. So if you stay on top of your game, if you don't speed and you're cool, then you should be fine. But you are not at some festival on some rolling grassy hill somewhere where you can just pull out a a pipe and start smoking or drink while you're driving. That shit will get you pulled over and you'll get searched right there on the playa. It's not fun to talk about, but it's real. I love you and I just want to protect you. Now, the way Burning Man is set up, if you don't know this already, is it's set up kind of like a clock where the man, more or less, is is where the hands of the clock would uh, meet in the middle, where they would pivot from. I think I'm remembering this right. And so Burning Man is basically a horseshoe that goes from, like, if you drew a line from 2 o'clock and then you swept that line all the way around through 6 and back up to 10. And then there are rows that go back that center part of the horseshoe is called the esplanade and then there are rows that go back from that and they have different names every year but they always follow the alphabet hopefully this hasn't changed in the last two years (laughs) oh i love this part so you're going to drive slowly in your car or however you're getting there and you're going to go to your address now when you get to your address if you haven't been there before it's going to be a little bit more vague than what you thought. And hopefully you're not arriving at the end of the day so that there, or at the end of the week so there's, there's still space for you. But you're, it's going to be a little bit vague and you're going to feel a little bit lost. My advice, and this is probably revealing a little bit about me, but my advice is to go ahead and set up your camp. Pop a beer if you want, if it's not during the day. If it's during the day, you should probably think about that. But pop a beer, smoke a bowl, whatever. But set up your camp and connect to your camp mates. Because Burning Man has this way that the momentum starts to get blurry and crazy from like Monday to Thursday. And then you take a day and then it gets blurry and crazy again. So it's better if you can have all your stuff, in my opinion, it's better if you can have all your stuff kind of set up before you go out for your first night because it tends to just sort of stay in whatever way you set it up. And if you set it up neatly, there's a chance that at least for two days it'll stay that way. (laughs) Your call. So if you're like me, you might even feel like intimidated at first or even have some nerves and that can kind of distort your sense of uh, feeling like your sense of your body and one thing that I think I should mention especially because I'm an east coaster and I live at about 720 um, feet elevation and Burning Man I think is something like 4,000 
and you, if you're a lowlander, you might not realize it, but it is, it makes a big difference. And it doesn't affect everybody, but sometimes people get a type of elevation sickness, or they get headaches, or they get woozy, or whatever. You can look up this kind of stuff for remedies. For me, I don't know if I've ever really felt it, but I do feel like what I thought was Burning Man nerve sometimes is actually just a, my body acclimating to the new the new environment and the environment is something to not underestimate that the environment is very hot during the day and it has the potential very often to get pretty cold so think about that layers or the big heavy coat method or something as you pack to make sure you're packing for what could be a huge range of temperature fluctuations. The thing is, is that your first year at Burning Man really is kind of all about environment. And part of the environment at Burning Man, one way that you can mentally prepare is that it's pretty sexy. That you see people in hot temperatures and feeling free and some people so free that they're naked there's a lot of skin and there's like a lot of openness and it can give you the false impression that there's something more to it than just these people being them, their authentic selves. And so as a long time burner, especially for you dudes out there, I ask you to show a respect. There is a lot of open flirting and there's a, sort of a weird relationship with cat calling at Burning Man. But can you help us out? And be clear in your actions what is an innocent flirt and what is creepy that Burning Man is such a magical experience that you wouldn't want to ever I know if you're listening to this podcast you would never want to be someone who would want to steal that magic away and replace it with something something unforgettably hurtful Consent is a sexy and beautiful thing. When two people agree to share that energy, to create that third rhythm together, it's beautiful. And what makes it beautiful is consent from each side. If you're not sure, ask three, four, five times pull back let them make a move and if they can't keep their eyes open or if they're stumbling or can't stand up then do the right thing and get them home safe and go to sleep and when you wake up in the morning man you will feel like you did something right that you did something right for you that you did something right for her and as a 10 year veteran of Burning Man you will have done something right for us love them worship them and respect them
you can keep that respect going, if you can keep that respect in your heart, respect and humility at Burning Man get you a long way. And what I mean by that is not in a competitive sense, but it will help ease your way in to show respect and then in your interactions be humble. Like Burning Man is a much more of a humbler than thou community than a holier than thou. And for a lot of seasoned burners, the holier than thouness thing is almost like a sign that you don't fit in yet. As you encounter people, and you will, look them in the eye, show them respect, and be humble. Ask them questions about their life. Be humble. Set aside any sense of agenda and just be with them. Just look them in the eyes. I used to do this thing. I started doing it in airports, but it really worked for me at Burning Man, where I called it white light training. And what I would do in my white light training is that I would look deeply into someone's... Well, not deeply, not creepy. (laughs) But I would look into someone's eyes and I would try to see past whatever wardrobe they had on or at Burning Man, whatever, you know, costume or outfit that they had to see past that, through that, through whatever impressions that 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 image was was triggering in my mind and to see like the gleam in their eye to look for the like the the light of their eye and when I would see that I would like you know connect there was like a, a part of me that like connected to them more deeply by by seeing through all their expressions however backward that logic may be And so when you encounter people, and and that's the great resource of Burning Man, is the people that are around. And if you're shy like me, I get it. It can be, Burning Man can be lonely at times, trust me. But when you are around people, look up, be humble, respect, and vibe with them vibe with them feel out the whole scene as you talk to somebody not just the energy of them but the energy of the wind around them the energy of the music that you're listening to speaking of music that you're listening to this is an Ataya remix of Desert Dwellers Bird Over Sand Dunes and maybe we should talk about the obvious What a perfect track. People do drugs at Burning Man. Not everybody. I've gone 10 years and I've had sober burns and I've had not so sober burns. It's a playground for that sort of thing. But just with this sort of social conduct, there's a wish on behalf of the people that attend the festival year after year that if you're going to do drugs, that you know how to do you on drugs, that you know how to handle 
you on drugs. Now, I understand Burning Man is singular. You're never going to go to anything like it. And I understand that you might want to go out there and have a singular experience out there. But, you know, as far as like the super exceptional face of God type experience out there. But there's 60,000 other people out there, brother. And if you having that experience means that you got to act like a freak and your camp has to take care of you and they have to call services on you and you got to be handled, that's not cool. If it happens by accident, that's one thing. But if you, if you leave that kind of trace on your friends that the night that they had to give up a night at Burning Man to hang out with your two tripping ass or your two drugged up ass that will haunt you my friend at least if you're conscious enough conscious enough to understand how selfish it can be yes there are people on drugs at Burning Man there's a lot of people not on drugs at Burning Man just to be honest with you, when you get to Burning Man, you kind of feel like you're on drugs. I have this theory at Burning Man, I know this is a little crude and maybe not my normal sort of position, but hell, it's Burning Man. I feel like at Burning Man, it, it, it does invite you to do higher levels of drugs because just the operating feel of Burning Man is that you're on drugs. You could be sober for 17 years. You walk into Burning Man. You walk, start walking around. You're like, what am I on? Maybe you're feeling the energy of everybody. I don't know. But I think because of that sort of like base level energy that people tend to like take more drugs than they need to, to just sort of push themselves over with this already, this feeling. So if you're a person that doesn't really know if you even like drugs, you're probably good. And you should definitely, definitely not feel unrepresented at Burning Man. There are loads of sober camps at Burning Man, and the night can get a little rowdy, but not for everybody. And the beautiful thing about Burning Man, and the beautiful reason that it's a great place to do drugs, is that you can kind of find whatever vibe you need. And if you're in a place and the energy is just too crazy in a bad way, you can take a short walk and you can be out into a completely peaceful and serene scene and everybody there is friendly and respectful to the fact that you might be exploring with that substance or feeling or whatever and as long as you're respectful of them that's the cool thing about burning men they'll kind of let you dance like a freak no one's gonna look at you and mock you or make fun of you if you're in your moment and you're doing your thing So please, by all means, if there's a part of you that wants to go out and alter your consciousness, then it's the place to do it. But don't lose sight of their friends and the others around you and become someone's headache or someone's burden. Be an enhancer of their experience as you enhance your own. Now, one of the things that can throw a lot of people off about Burning Man is that there's no central stage. There's no real central event except the burning of the man, which happens at the end of the week, that pulls even, 
don't know, a 20th of the people to one place. In fact, you can go and see the biggest acts, and you'll be surprised that when you show up, how many other people are at other things. And that happens at Burning Man a lot. And it can sometimes throw people off a little bit. But in the absence of a stage, it set every night sets up in a very similar way. It starts off with you finally getting ready to go out. And when people say go out at Burning Man, they may as well say to see. <laughs> because when you're going out, you should prepare as if you could be gone for 12 hours. I mean, maybe that's a little bit of a stretch, but particularly if you're going out, especially if it's going to include sundown, that you should prepare. And you'll pack your bag. You should definitely have a bag. You're definitely going to want to have water. A lot of people take an extra roll of toilet paper. It's not a bad idea. You definitely want a flashlight. Going into a porta potty without a flashlight at Burning Man is like walking into Hades. <laughs> there are things that cannot be unseen in some of these porta potties, so it can help. I know a couple of my friends that bring beautification kits with them, like incense and shit like that. But it's good to prepare, to take your bag, and then you're going to head out. Now, I know sometimes people like to party with like 14 or 15 people. That's cool. But it's not going to last for very long. And anybody that's been in the burn for three or four years understands how groups work. By the end of the night, there'll be three of you. But you will start off walking away from your camp and heading out to who knows what. Now, there are some people that like to have a plan. They've got a DJ, a producer list that they want to, like a hit list, places they want to be. Most of the music, or at least a lot of it, is out in the far reaches of 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock. And you'll, as you explore, you'll see, especially if you go, if you're walking with upburners of other different uh, experiences, you'll kind of see what kind of way they like to explore. There are some burners that like to stay, like, in the, in the depths of the city, actually. They like to kind of hang out, you know, from D, like the fourth row, I guess, and, and further back, there's people that like to hang out in the, in the burbs, <laughs> you know, way out in, like, J, I, and L, if they still have that out there. And for me, I always like to walk on the Esplanade. The Esplanade is the center place, and it's the center where you walk around. And for me, that's just the energy. And you can see the man in the middle, and it's lit up. And you get to sort of walk through, and you get to like sort of feel different music in different places. I used to just walk around Burning Man with my hands up in the air like a crazy person, but almost like I was feeling the air like you would if you were sticking your hand out of a moving car window. And I would just sort of feel for what feels good. And my advice is that when you find something out there that feels good, just hang out. Just stay there and enjoy it.
This is Human Experience and Saki. What a great track. One of the things that I did at Burning Man, and I, I did it after I'd been going many years, I had gone to Burning Man with um, maybe a goal. I wasn't an expectation, I was smarter than that, but I went with a goal that I wanted to really find out who I was. And I, and I know that sounds cheesy, and, and you know, that's probably what most of the people are trying to do there, but my method for figuring out what Uh, I who I was was that I had made this deal with myself that I was going to go to Burning Man and that I was only going to do things because I was by myself I had gone completely by myself that year to Burning Man I was like I'm only going to do things that are fun this is my vacation this is the city that I can you know create my whatever my super life in so in my super life I'm going to pretend that I don't have to do anything that I don't want to do There was nobody to check in with, and it was awesome. And I enjoy what I learned about me was that I missed the dance floors of my early 20s, the dance floors of like my 18, 19 rave self. And so for me at Burning Man, I found those dance floors again. And I found this space, and, and, and this is something that I, I want to say about Burning Man that I just love about its dance floors. And of course, you know, it's a big festival, there's hundreds of floors, so... But my experience of the Burning Man dance floor is one of respect and get-down. That you can dance, like, with somebody without it getting creepy, and without even touching and you can feel this like openness to dance it really kind of the floors out there really remind me of my old rave days like back in the early 90s when the floor was just you know it 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 really had this sort of feeling like not to cheese all out but but like dance like superseded every difference of the people on the floor so they were like gay straight whatever all represented and just getting down So, from one dancer to another, if you are a dance fan, then I think you're in luck. Now, it's funny with me because I, uh, you'll go and sometimes, maybe because of sleep cycles and energy cycles, you'll sort of fall into sort of two kind of categories, potentially, of being a day burner or a night burner. And there's dancing for both people at Burning Man. The place for daytime dancing, as far as I remember, is District. I think it's still going on. God, I hope I don't sound like a dinosaur referencing something that doesn't go anymore. 
For me, the thing with Burning Man and, and the day is that uh, I would hoop some during the day, but it is just so hot. And if you do any kind of athletic activity, you do feel the difference in elevation pretty quickly. And the dust that's out there that is uh, very real, you should definitely take with you the mask or the bandanas. You definitely want goggles. These things are important. But for me, dancing during the day just wears me out. I can do it, but that just means that for the rest of the night, I'm not doing anything but leaving camp. Plus, I'm one of the burners that doesn't like to drink during the day. Like, I might have a beer here and there, but it is so easy to get dehydrated out there and feel like ass that I hardly ever drink during the day. I'm not even pulled to do it, honestly. But night, on the other hand, I, I sort of transitioned from day to night burner, which is why I bring this up, and I became a nighttime burner. And nighttime burning has its own sort of tricks, but it can be beautiful. I mean, I guess one of the best things about nighttime burning is that everybody looks beautiful. (laughs) It does make you want to hang out, though, in a little bit of the bigger camps, or at least it did for me sometimes, because I do like light, and I do like to be able to see, and uh, it's a much darker uh, festival. Uh, There's an expression, dark wad, which is when you are not wearing anything blinky, any kind of light. That's considered selfish at Burning Man. It's not considered cool, it's considered selfish and so you'll definitely want to stay lit but away from whatever light you have on you it's pretty dark away from things so when you go out at Burning Man uh, you should prepare for that if you're going to be crossing into sunlight or you know after sunlight you can walk around without a flashlight but like navigating through your camp sometimes walking down the street can be pretty dark as well And then there's the cold. And the cold is something that not everybody prepares for. Now, there are two strategies. I'll skip ahead. There are two strategies that I have heard to cover this. One is the strategy that I always used, which was layers. I always walked around with a book bag. If I knew that I was going to be out, uh, you know, crossing into sunset, but definitely if I was heading out and, like, knew that I was going to be out, I would have many different layers on And depending on, you know, what kind of experience I was having, uh, you know, the layers might stay on or not. But I always appreciated generally having more than having or having too much more than having too little. Now, one piece of advice is I'm, I'm hoping you're taking a bike. If you're not, no problem. But the cool thing about bikes is the baskets that you can put on them. And so a lot of people, you know, because theft at Burning Man is is real, but uh, I don't think it's enough of a concern that you, you can't do this. But a lot of people leave things in their basket. Like, so if they have a big coat, that's the other method. So if you don't want to layer, what a lot of people do, especially like, you know, women, if they're, you know, not wearing very much, they don't want to wear a bunch of layers and take them off every time they use the bathroom. So they usually wear these like big coats. And so they like get a big you know, code. I don't recommend getting anything that you ever want to wear again, (laughs) but that's usually the method. 
but as just someone with a low body fat percentage that's cold everywhere, my advice is take stuff to stay warm on the first couple of nights and make sure that you've got it. You can always dump it back at camp later. As I said, I, I did that experiment where I was, um, you know, trying to find myself through what feels fun. And one of the things about Burning Man, that um, that idea that the, burning, that the burn might teach or show me something is, is a widely held, um, not, or at least with a lot of people, it's a wildly, wildly held, widely held and wildly held kind of belief. And they refer to the surface of the playa of, <laughs> of the sand as the playa uh, beach. And the playa at Burning Man has a way of um, becoming this learning space. Almost so much of a learning space that it, it kind of transcends into like teacher spirit. Where, uh, and maybe not literally, but where people will like refer to the playa like almost like it's a deity of consciousness, like you know, that the playa gifted this, the playa gifted that. And it's not so much a, an actual belief, I don't think, but it's definitely like a mutually held belief that we're kind of all there to learn from this experience that we picked a place that's. I mean, by all signs, is completely inhospitable to human and animal and insect life, most of the time anyway. And we've gone there to see what happens. And that playa takes on the sort of magic that comes from humans all doing that, of declaring something uh, maybe not sacred, although a lot of people consider it sacred, but at least special, that there's this specialness that we've all agreed to and for many people at Burning Man the specialness itself the capacity of all things special there is this teacher and that we can listen to it and like any good teacher there are sometimes where the lessons that are taught to us are not so fun and personal relationships can get a little tricky. Now, I'm not talking about, like, the usual temptations, you know, somebody kisses somebody and that sort of thing. Whatever the relationship is, Burning Man can... This, it's almost as if that giant dusty surface becomes a window or maybe even a magnifying glass. And whatever shit you have with somebody that seems small out there can become huge. And so for your sake, for their sake, for our sake, I really, really recommend, especially if you're going to be camping with these people, to work your shit out ahead of time. I know it sounds weird, but to make some kind of peace accord or come up with some guidelines or something. And then when you go out there, and you do take a partner, or you do take uh, your roommate, or your best friend, or whatever, 
both of you should look at each other and be like, we're going to about to put ourselves through something that's going to be intensely fun, but intensely intense. And girl, if you love me, dude, if you love me, I need you to cut me some slack if I get for a moment overwhelmed by the intensity of all of this. Because it sounds crazy to say a festival, something that you volunteer for, would push you to your limits. But there are moments sometimes when you are pushed, where the lesson that the playa is trying to teach is one that maybe you're resistant to, or maybe it's just a shitty lesson nobody would want to learn anyway. One way that you can keep things going is just to check in and and show the respect to your partner that you're showing to everybody else and show the humility that you're showing to everybody else. If your partner and you have been hanging the whole time and, and you get ill, try to let go. And I know this is going to sound weird, but let them have that experience. Like if you're okay, you're just needing to sleep understand the the limited days of the Burning Man week and see if you can show them some freedom to let them still have their experience and same the other way if you're the healthy partner check in but make sure that you're not self-denying so that when you roll off the ply you're not rolling off with regret you're not rolling off with FOMO for what didn't happen If you can hear any consistent themes, you can, I'm probably revealing a little bit of my natural burner self. Because we all relate to the 10 principles. I definitely think you should read them. It'll, it'll improve your experience. And I think the one that has always stuck with me is self-reliance. And I've had some burns where I was woefully dependent on other people and they were so gracious with me but they knew that I didn't know that I was that woefully unprepared and one of the best ways we're talking about relationships and and maintaining friendships and trying to give everybody a smooth in and out and an awesome experience is to is to own your experience and to own yourself as the provider of your experience because it's like you're walking around in seven days of choose your own adventure. And so, you know, I realize not everything will be under your control, but most of the time it is. And if you're not having a good time, man, you can open the door of that place and open the door to another place. That's the beauty of it. Self-reliance. It's not just like taking your own food and having your own water. It's how do you feed your soul? And for some people, we don't know how. We've got this like emptiness that we don't even know how to fill. And Burning Man and the openness can help you fill that and to 
feel that. It's going to take a break from whoever you're hanging out with. Not that you have to, but it's fun sometimes to head out by yourself even if you know you're just gonna go to the temple and back and to head out by yourself and to feel yourself alone and all those other stories and to feel your thoughts come and go Sense your emotions as they rise and pass. To feel the rhythm of your tired feet and legs on the playa surface. To look up and to see these mountains and these beautiful orange and red and purple sky. Stroll. Lift the veil between your ideality, the world of your ideas, and your reality. And to give the two a chance to coexist in one beautiful walk in the desert. As you walk deeper and deeper, you get closer and closer, and at the same time, further and further out into the place they call Deep Playa. And this is the space that kind of opens up from the top of that horseshoe, and for a while at least, it seems to stretch out forever. And the place is called Deep Playa. And it's interesting and beautiful that it has so many visitors and yet so few attractions. That there seems to be this response in human beings that in the midst of all that crazy that they need to step away from it. And the walk to deep playa is that stepping away. And there's a lot of memories that I bring back with me from Burning Man. But the sunset and the sunrise walks into deep playa have been some of the most beautiful and cathartic moments of my life 
I remember one morning at Burning Man. I had been up the whole night before. And I was biking home. And as I was biking home, I had been up all night. Maybe I wasn't thinking clearly. And everybody was like facing me. As I would walk and a lot of them were standing. And I remember stopping my bike and, and looking out over my shoulder. And it was the most, uh, like, gorgeous sunset I had ever seen. And I'm, I'm not a nature guy. Like, I, I don't... Like, it's pretty to me, but it never... But this was just this amazing sight. And I immediately thought of my father. And I thought, like, I can't explain why I like to come out here to him. But this sunrise could. And it was really beautiful for me. I connected to my dad by witnessing a sense of beauty that I thought he would connect to. And it was so, like, gorgeous, y'all. It was like there were police of many different, like, enforcement agencies, and they were all, like, taking pictures of this sunset. And I had seen them as my hunters and as my opposition for the entire week. And there they were, taking pictures, because they, too, were moved and wanted to have a way to remember and to be in this feeling again. And that's an example of a beautiful playa lesson and of a gentle, nurturing hand. Now there is one last feature that I believe we should open to. And that is the more forwardly spiritual sign of Burning Man. And by spiritual, I mean that element of the festival that um, creates a portal or a space through which people can elect to enter into that space to be in that space and at Burning Man there is no other structure that sets that tone like the temple and the temple 
least as a participant, it seems to recognize or be the sort of heart of that portal space. And it's a temple that takes many different shapes over time. But it's like everything out there, or like a lot of the things out there, it's made of wood. And it's um, a space you enter into that's usually quite large. Sometimes it has bridges, and sometimes it has open spaces, sometimes it has these spires, and sometimes it has gongs, and or a harp, and it takes many different shapes. Sometimes it has gates, and sometimes you can just walk right up. But, again, regardless of how you feel about spirituality, about the things being sacred, about whether there's anything beyond, there are people there that hold that space very sacred to their hearts. And if you want to be a good citizen of Burning Man, then if you should go into that space, Will you go in with it, if not respect for it and what it's trying to do, respect for those who are there for that experience? Because in that experience, in that portal for a lot of people is the release of grief. It's a custom of Burning Man for people to write and post pictures of loved ones and stories on the temple. Because they know that Agni, the fire spirit, is going to carry... Well, maybe I don't want to put ideas, but you get the idea that there's a deliverer. That that fire will deliver this message. Release this message. Bloom this message. I did something quite interesting when you're at Burning Man and I, I tend to dance blindfolded a lot and I decided since it's Burning Man you know that I would close my eyes and that I would walk through the temple and that I would hold my hands and that I would try to just graze that thin strip of air between me and the surface of the temple just to like you know sort of gently with the smallest cushion of air the surface of the playa and when I felt my hands tingle when I felt like if there was any sort of change or a wind blew or something that then I would open my eyes and I would read whatever was in front of me and it was a beautiful way to feel like I was connecting in this magical way with other human beings and what was so interesting was that I actually kept responding to things that were positive, that were not particularly sad, but were things of, of joy. I remember one said, I kicked cancer's ass. And it was such a heart smile to see someone express that joy and to have the ability and I could see it, I could feel it in what they wrote, that they 
were so grateful that they could right on the wood wall in the middle of the desert I kicked cancer's ass it's a beautiful space but I feel like if I'm going to be true to you and true to my own experience of it that I should mention that for those of you that feel as though you are empathic, as though you can feel the energy of others, or that you can, um, you feel vibe in a very deep way so much that your mind confuses it with your own. From one of you, to one of you, the temple can be intense and it can take you on an emotional roller coaster and if your channel if you know what i'm talking about if your channel is wide open where it tends to be at burning man it will be like you can hear thousands of grieving and it can be intense and so as someone who has developed a long relationship with the temple over years there have been years at burning man where i just literally walked by it there were years where i spent maybe two or three you know visits out there but if it doesn't feel right to you you're not wrong but it is just a collection of energy and if you visit it early in the week and then midweek and later, you'll actually, the structure will feel differently to you. Anybody that went the year uh, that they had the big rocks in the temple will know exactly what I'm talking about, that those rocks started to vibrate with high intensity. You could feel it in your hands, all the, because everybody that came into the temple that year touched that rock, and the same thing every year at the temple. Everybody comes in, and there's so much energy there that it can, it can almost be too much. And if it becomes too much, take some deep breaths, bow to the playa teacher, and then be okay in walking away. On Sunday night of the burn, they set the temple on fire. And the convention usually is to sit in silence. The first six or seven rows around the temple sit in silence. Everybody should be. No one even plays music. And you sit and you watch it burn. And with it, all the messages, like the sparks that are flying up, just take wings and fly off from that fire. And then your week's over. You head back and the city doesn't even look the same. Everybody's taking the street signs down. The RV you were using to turn right on is no longer there and it takes you a little bit longer and 
you crawl into bed on your last night and you just stare and think about the amazing week that you just gave yourself and the lifelong memories that you'll always have and I hope for the sake of yourself your future hero and the people that help get you here that you'll feel gratitude for your campmates for your family for anyone that made it possible and that that gratitude will warm and Hold your heart. Thank you for listening. I hope you have an amazing burn. Bring back lots of pictures. Kiss the dust for me. Tell it I'll see it next year. Good night.